A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, this is Billie Jean King. This is Marion Bartoli. I'm Mats Villander. This is Mary Carrillo. I'm Stan Wawrinka. I'm Leighton Hewitt. This is Yannick Noah, and you're listening to The Tennis Podcast. Well, here we all are at 11 p.m. on day three of Wimbledon. Myself, Two Beers Law, Two Beers Roberts, <laughs> Billie Jean on lap, yep. and we've all just watched Andy Murray do something truly extraordinary, I think, defy age and time and physiology to give himself and us a moment and I don't want to be all sort of hashtag grateful hashtag blessed about it but I do <laughs> that is that is kind of a little bit how I feel you know we've we've been given a gift tonight and I feel very grateful for it yeah and one that I really wasn't expecting I I thought that this would happen I mean and I don't mean that in a micro scale I thought Andy Murray would probably handle Oscar Otter fairly straightforwardly tonight um, that it didn't work out like that. He ended up beating him in five, coming back from two sets to one. But I thought before this Wimbledon, in all this build-up towards this moment that Andy Murray's been trying to to work out and to get to to be able to play on this court, I thought realistically the best he would have is a Roberto Bautista good type match from the Australian Open a year and a half ago, which would be incredibly emotional. There would be like this, that would be all fist pumps and and fire and emotion, but I thought it would be a goodbye. I did not see him fighting back from two sets to one down. Oh, I mean, it was everything that Andy Murray has stood for over the last 15 years. And to still be in the tournament to be facing Denis Shapovalov and to and to still look like a player. He looks like he looks like he used to look in terms of his body language and his behavior and his attitude. I I'm absolutely all in on everything you just said, uh David. How, however, it is incumbent upon me to point out that you did put him in your quarterfinal lineup. <laughs> yeah, but that was that that was at the start of the tournament. Right. Like what what I mean by that is I'm talking about weeks ago. You know, right? Okay. In all in all the build up yeah. to, to this event, um, I don't know. I just, I and and even even putting him in the quarterfinals, I thought would still be a question of him 
stumbling and fighting his body and and I didn't feel like that was happening tonight personally. I st- well, he, he looked he fit. He played me. his best tennis in the fifth set. Yeah, there, which for a bloke with a metal hip is just defies belief and by the way you know, I did, yes I did put him in the quarterfinals I also had Petra Kvitova winning the title I've also <laughs> had Yannick Sinner in the quarterfinals uh, any any others you'd like to uh, today I had Donna Vekic beating Karolina Pliskova as my upset in the newsletter she lost 6-2 6-2 so <laughs> I've, I've, I've forgotten all about that that's banished <laughs> let's bring in Matt for some credibility Matt, save it <laughs> You know what you're saying there about this as a kind of Andy Murray greatest hits kind of match down the stretch. I mean, he literally finished it with a replica of, I think, his most iconic shot. The backhand lob on the run, which he hit to win the Davis Cup for Britain in 2015. And yeah, it had that that feel to it of just Andy Murray digging into his past, doing what he does, and it becoming a match to define this part of his career and and a legacy enhancer. In you know, not that he needs his legacy enhancing, but you know, he's got a metal hip and he was chasing after balls that he didn't need to chase after and, you know, show people that point when he did that in 10 years time if they want to know what Andy Murray was like as a tennis player because it was all it was all there tonight there was a point uh, i think it was just before um you arrived uh, david because you, you've got a day job this fortnight matt and i are just uh, li- living it up <laughs> i have spent i realized just now i think 12 straight hours sat in this chair <laughs> <laughs> He, he, he only intended to spend six, but he actually can't get up. Now. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, just before you arrived, I think, was when Murray went two sets to one down. Um, and I said, look, if he's going to go down, and, and his reaction at going two sets to one down was everything you'd expect. Just an, a sarcastic outburst aimed at nobody in particular and everyone in particular, including himself. And I said, look, if he's going to go down... I want to see the greatest hits as he goes down. I want to see sarcastic Andy Murray. I want to see Andy Murray getting irated a feather. I want to see. <laughs> I want to see some tears. You know, I just want give Have him rail yeah, against everyone. Give me the everything. greatest hits, and and he gave us the greatest hits, and he gave us the win and the chance to watch him again in two days' time. Mm. And wow, yeah, totally. And he changed the way he was playing after the roof break. He, I mean, he said it in his on-court interview. In, the, in that middle portion of the match, I thought he was playing reactive tennis. And he, was, he, he looked underpowered to me, and he was just responding to what Oscar Otto was doing. Oscar Otto, by the way, way better than I realised. He, yeah. he played a big part in this match. For, for a bloke that bears more than a passing resemblance to Marv... <laughs> from uh, the Home Alone movies. He's having a good crack at being a professional athlete, I'd say. <laughs> yeah, completely. Um, but Murray, when when they came back, was playing with renewed aggression and purpose in his shots. And like you were saying, David, I think that's 
encouraging for whatever is left of this tournament for him because it didn't look like he was dragging himself across the finish line. He was still able to play very, very good tennis three hours into that match. And actually, as you said, the best the best tennis came at the end from him. So I just think that's that's encouraging. The other thing is that struck me in that last set and a half, and I do realise he's facing Oscar Otter, who's clearly a good player, but there are limitations. There's a ceiling, you would think. I know we haven't seen his full career play out yet, but I don't know how much better he is than that or could be than that. And there are many, many better players than him. But in that set and a half... When Murray's like that, that dog with a bone, that over my dead body will you beat me, and I'm I'm getting engaged with every single person in the stadium. He was looking to engage and eyeball and connect with everybody and take their energy into himself and whip up this storm. There's not many people that could have stopped him. When he he gets into that mood, Mm. that frame of mind, and... It's like there is no injury. There is no physical issue at all. Uh, there's no limitation. He was playing like Andy Murray for a set and a half. Um, and, I ju- and I also think the effect that that must have on the opponent. How do you, how do you take that on? I mean, I don't, I don't know. Maybe some other players would be inspired Does as an Denis opponent. Does Denis Shapovalov know? Well, I don't think he's faced anything quite like that before. No, I d- Look, obviously, tennis-wise, Denis Shapovalov is number 10 in the world. He should be the favourite going into that. But some something... I mean, A, we know how Murray feels about the next gen. And one of the reasons openly that he is still playing, other than to have moments like tonight, which is reason enough, is to kind of prove a bit of of a point about the next gen. Look, there are... There are plenty that he has respect for. He's not sort of trashing them all, but he sort of wants to make a point about tennis hasn't actually moved on. The yeah. ceiling has not been raised mm. in definitely, this sport. Definitely well, driven him on, you're right. Well, this is the first time he's won back-to-back matches since the Western Southern Open last year. And I looked up those matches and was reminded that they were against Francis Tiafo and Alexander Zverev. And he was buzzing after mm-hmm. both of those wins. He he relished that opportunity to just put them in their place a little he, bit, and, he, and he will he will love to do that to Shapovalov. He, he will think he can soak up Shapovalov's game, and I also think he will back himself to outthink Shapovalov. I mean, he he's uh, I hope it will come, but he's not a great decision maker on the court, Shapovalov, shot selection-wise. Part of the problem is how many options he has because of his talent. It is a Dimitrov-esque problem. But I think Andy Murray likes to play play people like that to set a trap mm. and watch them walk into it. And I can see him doing... Th- Look, if Shapovalov hits a purple patch and just tees off and stuff goes in, then... But you don't have three set purple patches, No, well, exactly. Exactly. Um, the, the, I mean, uh, he, he'll need to stay close with Andy Murray. and There's no guarantee that Murray bounces back physically and feels mm. fine on, on Friday, of course. Um, the, the other th- match I, I do recall, I think, was it Shapovalov who played Nadal in Spain in the Davis Cup final? I think maybe. And, yep. you know, obviously Nadal is another level up as a player in terms of being at his peak. But 
he has that feel that Murray had tonight when it was all going off and the crowd are just getting him going that I don't you can't stop that um and and Shapovalov handled himself pretty well I thought I thought in that match and he has a few times but the other thing is he hasn't played a match to get to this point now mm. he had a walkover against Pablo Andujar didn't he um I'm not sure that does him that much good no yeah, I agree very interesting I agree. I know his uh, first match was extended over two days, but even so, I'm not sure. Not sure a walkover today was the best thing. But yeah, unsolicited prediction. I do think I'm backing Andy Murray in that match. I mean, you can't, Matt, because you've called it the Dennis Shapovalov <laughs> quarter. So you're backed into a corner. Into that, we, we, we went head to head right at the start of this tournament over this, didn't we, Matt? Because. You know. mm. Yes. Has anything changed for you? I think I said on Monday's podcast that, or maybe our, our preview podcast on Sunday, that that, ma- that that prediction was based on Here we go. Murray's fitness. And I still believe that. It, it, I think Murray has had two tough matches and there is a chance that he's struggling physically and Shapovalov can take advantage of that. But of course, I agree with everything you've said about the head-to-head generally and Murray as a superior tennis player when he's in the mood. Um, so, but I think there's a ch- I think there's got to be a good chance Murray is struggling physically. Mm. Yeah, and perhaps won't be able to sort of drop sets and have drop off drop offs in his level the way he has done in in the last two matches, but. Goodness me, that's something to look forward to on Friday, isn't it? It'll surely be the third match on centre court. Um, Wimbledon doesn't do night sessions, but I do predict we're going to be sat right where we are now at 11pm recording a podcast <laughs> after that match. Is there football on on Friday night? I know the England yeah, match is on Saturday. I think the, yeah, there are two, two quarterfinals on Friday, a 5pm and an 8pm. It's the Italy... Belgium, Belgium, Switzerland, Spain. Switzerland, Spain, there you go. Mm. Yeah, big day. (laughs) Big day. Remember remember last summer when there was no sport on? (laughs) Yeah. Wow, my, how the tables have turned. Right then. Uh, So also playing on Friday will be um, Novak Djokovic, for starters, because he won today 3-3-3 over Kevin Anderson and look I know Kevin Anderson isn't the guy he was and um, and I know that even when he was the guy he was he got beaten in straight sets in the Wimbledon final by Novak Djokovic but nonetheless it was just such a superior professional performance from Novak Djokovic today. It, it feels like Djokovic might even be getting better as a tennis player. Wow. <laughs> got to give me more time to process that yes i don't, yeah, I don't I mean, see what what his weaknesses are i don't see ways to hurt him because i mean I, I think you can still get under his skin we've seen that recently enough but he still ends up winning his his management of best of five sets is without peer mm-hmm. and he plays dennis kudler now which i'm going to respectfully call a good draw <laughs> Good, good grass court player, actually. Good grass court player, yeah. But, Def- been to at yeah. least the fourth round uh, Wimbledon a couple of times. But um, yeah, beat Seppi today. 
very handily. But yeah, I mean, unless Djokovic is injured or something extraordinary happens, uh, he is going to win that one, frankly. Um, also on the centre court today, sandwiched in between Djokovic and Andy Murray was Katie Bolter. Uh, British wildcard struggled a lot with injury of late, came onto court with her right arm, her racket arm, the, the elbow area, very, not necessarily heavily strapped, but sort of complicatedly strapped. Yeah, it looks it looks uncomfortable, actually. Yeah. And it um, looks like it would, would cost you flexibility and, mm, and feel almost. But it didn't cost her much yet. She, she won the opening set 6-4 and eventually went down 6-3, 6-3 um, in the subsequent two sets and... Look, ultimately, it's a loss for Katie Bolter, and there, you could probably say there were opportunities to win that match. Sabalenka was was rocking and stressed, really stressed. But Sabalenka pushed Katie Bolter to the limits of her game, and I think she's a very good player, but it is a game with limits. She managed to get her on the move, and when she's out of position, she's a different player to when she's got a... A clean strike on the ball, Katie Bolter. Yeah, I was watching this match thinking, who am I learning more about? And I actually came to the conclusion it was probably Sabalenka, actually. I think from... I'm learning, Matt, that while we're both sitting watching tennis matches, you're having really profound thoughts while I'm just (laughs) sat here eating pepperoni. (laughs) (laughs) Just quietly having really profound thoughts. God... Pepperoni can be quite <laughs> profound. I have to say, Catherine's snack game is without peer. So, so you're both bringing your I great skills made to the table. A frittata today. Yeah. Sorry, Matt. As you were. <laughs> Where was I? Um, Samalenka yes. and Bolter. Yes. I think we've known that Katie Bolter can play well on relatively big stages. This was a bigger one, I think, than we've seen her have to contend with in the past but I'm thinking mainly of some really outstanding performances at Fed Cup now Billie Jean King Cup against higher ranked against higher ranked players and you see that she's got a game full of weapons that yes has some limitations but should should be good enough for top 75 top 50 I think I think we knew that about Katie Bolter and I was very impressed that she brought that today and made a made a real match of this and there was one shot in the in the third set where she dug out a forehand on the run which was probably until until Mary this evening the sort of most adrenaline fueled moment of the day it was it was a really great moment and and she fought hard down the stretch but for Sabalenka who knows whether this will be significant but it felt it because Sabalenka either wins in straight sets or loses in three sets. That is pretty much her record on tour and at slams. This was only the third time she's won a match at a slam in a deciding set. She's taken so many losses in deciding sets where she's not been able to either sustain her level for long enough or battle through moments where she's not playing particularly well and she did do that today so I thought that was a really impressive important performance from Sabalenka to get that win and just overcome that little hurdle for her 
She plays the qualifier Maria Camilla Osorio Serrano next to beat Katarina Alexandrova today. And then lurking in, in that section of the draw is Rabakna and Sakari. I think Sakari was struggling against Shelby Rogers and the match got called off. Yeah, for she's bad a set light. down. Interesting. Mm. Uh, also in that set, well, well, that half of the draw, Garbina Muguruza, who has done the thing where she sort of stops losing games, or many of them. She sort of has a quota of games that she's prepared to lose in a match. And then she goes, okay, I'm done with you now. Um, and she, she proceeds does have to a, win. a sort of juggernaut feel to her when she starts going in a draw and just starts sweeping people out of the way. And, I mean, officially it is over for everyone else in that half because she's made it out of round two. And whenever she's made it out of round two at Wimbledon, she's made the final. That's bad news for Ange Jabeur, who's her next opponent. It's over. (laughs) Right then, I was was going to go through other results (laughs) in that half of the draw, but seeing as they are now irrelevant... Ange Jabeur looks a player right now. Yeah. She's playing the... I would say she's probably playing the best tennis of her career right now. Oh, for sure, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I I think she has been... All season, but she, but she, but she I, I know what you mean, but really, I think it's been a bit disappointing results-wise until the last couple of weeks. Because you remember the interview we did with her and totally. how determined she was to get over the hump of a, of a title. That has made a difference. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not sure she's necessarily playing better tennis. She's just turning it in to more important results. She's always yeah. had it's a, it's a the professional. Tennis. Totally approached, and she feels like a player now. She feels like a a winner. Mm-hmm. You know, some some mm. sometimes she just looks like a a really good shot maker and, mm. a, and an improvising creative force out there. And there's so, someone that makes great matches. Yeah, she's packaged it now into reliable patterns of of points that will win her matches. Mm. She beat Venus Williams today, seven five six love, and um, yeah, she was competitive Venus in the first set, but um, but obviously just out outclassed, and who knows if Venus will be back at Wimbledon? Um, but it, I, I'm very pleased that that match was played on court number one, just just in case she's not. Um, I asked Nick Kyrgios, who finished off his match, his win today over Hugo and Bear, very professionally it was almost a sort of workmanlike performance from Nick Kyrgios upon the resumption today I asked him I mean it was a sensational press conference at the end of which I asked him about playing with Venus and his face lit up didn't it Matt how many times did he use the word legend to describe Venus in one answer he called Venus a legend four times (laughs) (laughs) which is just about enough Mm. I think it's so rarely enough, but in this occasion, that that is just about enough. He started off by joking. I said, you know, yesterday in Venus's press conference, she said she'd be prepared to give you any advice you like, but you know, you have to ask for it. And he 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 said, well, she's the one that said if she could play doubles, mixed doubles with anybody. She would choose me. So maybe she wants to ask me for advice. And then he goes, nah, only kidding. <laughs> um, and proceeded to wax lyrical about how cool she is and how how much she'd love to win it with her, which 
I loved. He said, I, I don't know how long she'll play for. And I I wanted, it was a dream of mine to play doubles with a, a Williams sister. Uh, I love the way he sort of said, I think we can do some damage. <laughs> yeah. Mm. We can yeah. be dangerous. <laughs> yeah. Um, can, I mean, see yesterday's discussion, but now he is confirmed to be in the second round. Can Nick Kyrgios do some damage? Really? As, as a singles player? Yes. Oh, yeah. I don't know how much. <laughs> yeah, he can. Uh, who's he got next? Can't remember who he's got next. Um, Gianluca Maga. Okay. Yes. Well, you'd back him to win that <laughs> normally, but then he can sometimes throw in a dog of a performance against somebody he's supposed to beat. Um, it's quite funny. We've just had news night on the TV here, and, and they showed the front page of the Telegraph, and Nick Kyrgios was photographed on the front page having a bit of a fall. Um, mm. Well, uh, I know that Nick Kyrgios' press conference was so good today that Simon Briggs of the Telegraph, uh, immediately after <laughs> it, just sent me the um, heart eyes emoji. <laughs> just that. He's in love. <laughs> <laughs> Catherine had to I re- verify. I, re- I replied. I replied just question mark, and he just said NK. <laughs> and that was the extent of our exchange. <laughs> yeah, I, I walked past him, and he just said, "He just said he is the most exciting sports person on the planet, isn't he? Most charismatic on the planet." I said, "Sorry, who are we talking about?" <laughs> 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 Nick Kyrgios, uh, and, and like he was, he was just d- goggle-eyed with Simon. He was just it was dizzy an, about it. It was an awesome press conference. Yeah, and it was. We've had awesome Nick Kyrgios press conferences before. This was different, Matt, wasn't it? It was. It was different. It was different because normally Four pages long. <laughs> well, normally the great Nick Kyrgios press conferences, and there've been some at Wimbledon in particular, are great because he's being funny, and but also he's being chippy, mm. and he's putting journalists away, or often making a really good point, but. In a chippy way. Mm. And you get great lines, but this was different. This was, I mean, the word that came to me was just how happy he Mm. looked and how content he seemed. He was engaged. He was chatty. He was considering every question and he wasn't trying to prove anything or be anyone. Exactly. And he made a very pertinent point, really, about how he knew himself and how he knew that he wouldn't be able to cope with tennis in the bubble week after week. He said, I just, I knew I wouldn't enjoy that. I knew I wouldn't be able to do it. So there was no point doing it. And look, he's in a privileged position to be able to do that. Not all players can. But it's an ownership of Absolutely. his, of Absolutely. his own career that he's taking, isn't it? It's, a, it's, it's an and- observation of who he is what he can handle, what would be good for him and what he's prepared to And do. as was his declaration on court, which was a somewhat flippant statement in the interview to say, not bad for a part-time tennis player. And I actually think that was very revealing because I think rather than us perceiving him and him uncomfortably perceiving himself as a tennis player that 
doesn't put the effort in that others do, doesn't have the full-time focus that others do and is constantly letting people down. Rather, and again, this is a great privilege that he has the talent and the means to do this, but he is a part-time tennis player, isn't he? And if that suits him and he can make it work for him, and I do think he has the talent to do that, sure, it's not going to get him to world number one, but he's at peace with him not being just not being that guy yeah he wants moments yeah and he wants experiences and he wants to be happy and the the thing is i think and we've seen it again with murray tonight it's okay if it's not all the time if you if you don't play until you're right and then you can produce a night like that it's all worth it yeah and and we've seen a few isolated weeks in the life of nick kyrgios that make everything else worthwhile all the nonsense, all the lack of activity. I'm thinking of Acapulco week and Washington week and when he had that run and played Federer in Miami in the semifinals, when he was happy, when Mm. he was up for it, when he was creative and expressive and engaged the crowd and all those sort of things and and he wasn't complaining about injuries that weren't really there. and Trying to make out like he doesn't care. If he can isolate that within the occasional Grand Slam tournament, then there's still a future for Nick Kyrgios as a tennis player that will will improve tennis. Absolutely. Absolutely. It was a really uplifting experience going to that press conference today and watching his tennis over the past two days. And we get to watch it again tomorrow. <laughs> Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hello, Tennis Podcast listeners. David here. Now, you might know that I love a bit of cooking, and I think I'm quite good at it. But if I'm honest, even I get fed up trying to work out what to do every night. That's where Home Chef comes in being able to put together a delicious meal without the long prep and the cook times, well, that's pretty cool. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. They have over 30 options a week and serve a variety of dietary needs, so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it's economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. Now, for a limited time, Home Chef is offering tennis podcast listeners 18 free meals plus free dessert for life and, of course, free shipping on your very first box. Go to homechef.com slash tennis. That's homechef.com slash tennis for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. You heard it right.
we did have some examples today one in particular i think of of something that we said we were going to be keeping an eye out for at the start of the tournament in our preview which is players just not coping with this strict bubble um and the cumulative bubbles um and i think there's a lot going on with bianca andrescu but i think that is a big part of what's going on with bianca andrescu who lost today in straight sets to Elise Cornet, who played a fantastic match, Elise Cornet, and is a, a really good grass court player, seasoned professional, has beaten Serena Williams at Wimbledon, and she was so canny in the way she played Andrescu today, but you were just waiting for the Andrescu fight back, and it was so indicative of how she's just not herself that the fight back didn't even come okay. She might not eventually have won the match, but you were expecting the the surge and that just never came and yes you know you can look at the stats and think that it just came down to well she hit too many errors and she must have had a bad day but why was she hitting those errors she was she was pulling the trigger really early in rallies wasn't she she was snatching at things and just wanting to finish off points I don't know whether that's not trusting her body not trusting her footwork or just not having the confidence to hang in rallies, but it was it was tough. And and we went to her press conference as well. And I said, Matt, ask her ask her about Coco, ask her about the dog, because <laughs> I had I developed a working theory by this point. She lost some straight sets, won three she, games. <laughs> well, all of her, I think, unfortunately the internet doesn't have verifiable stats on this, which is a crying shame and a massive omission. But I have I have looked into it. it oh? It, it is Matt's stat. Half is of it. Is it? Yeah. He's got, he's I got... couldn't get away with anything else. No. <laughs> oh, am I allowed to give Matt's stat away for no, once? No, you're not. Sign up to the newsletter. Well, I've har- I've... <laughs> I think you're going to have to. Otherwise, we'll have to edit out the last sort of three minutes of my ramblings. All right, sign up to the newsletter anyway. There's another half of the stat as well, well so hang it's on. still well, valid. Well, 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 have you verified it? Well, of sort yes. of. Come Basically, on, Bianca Andreescu has reached five finals in her career, and I'm pretty sure that at four of them, Coco, <laughs> the best dog in tennis... Has, has been there. The one where I don't think she was was Auckland in 2019, right. which was where she first sort of announced herself. Sure, okay, but she didn't win that, did she? She didn't win that, no. Mm. So all of her title wins, mm-hmm. Coco, brackets and parents, Correct. have been present. Yeah. The stats don't lie, David. <laughs> But on a more serious note, I mean, you feel that there is some, there is, that yeah, it, it is a real thing. Well, not, quest- not just the dog, but, but yeah, dog, yeah, it's part absolutely. of it. Well, the, the, that answer she gave absolutely. to that question, which, look, <laughs> was a serious question. Yeah, we, we framed m- it in a professional journalistic way. See, I, I laughed initially, but then when you started to explain it to me, I, I, I understood it. And the very first thing she said about playing in these bubbles without having her family with her is that it sucks. She goes, there was a long pause and she goes, it sucks. And it was really poignant. Yeah. And she was, she was sad throughout the whole answer. Mm. If, if you just read that answer, 
you can't quite tell the emotion with which it was said. This is this is someone who is struggling with the circumstances that tennis is in mm. at the moment. And it it's a really tricky one that question mm-hmm. for players because they don't want to complain and they certainly don't want to be seen to be complaining. They don't want to be Ben Marpair, do they? You know, out of touch with what's going on in the world, but equally there's being in touch with it and accepting and also you can still you can still find it blooming hard we we're all in relatively privileged positions in the pandemic but you know still aspects of it have been blooming hard and are worthy of sympathy i think and i certainly have a lot of sympathy for bianca andrescu and others that are struggling without their dogs um <laughs> and 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 yeah Look, you said there's a lot going on with Andrescu. A hell of a lot. She's she's no longer working with the same coach. She's mm. got a new management agency. She's barely played matches in her career on clay and on grass. And look, since since Miami, I think she's won two matches and lost yeah. four or five now. Look, she, she really is struggling. Um, I I hope for her and for all these players that the US swing it sounds like is going to be relatively normal mm. um hopefully she'll be able to have her family there and look she's defending champion at Indian Wells she's still got her US Open points on and she's still got her Canada points on from 2019 this is a massive yeah summer and October with Indian mm. Wells coming up for Bianca Andrescu. And I, I hope that back in a more suitable environment for her and back on hard courts, we can we can start to see, see the real Andrescu again. Because there had been a time where I'd never seen Andrescu lose in straight yeah. sets. And yeah. I'm seeing it now more than I'd like. The, there, are par- there are situational parallels between a lot of what you just said and... Sophia Kennan, who also lost today, in terms of how they lost, although the score lines are very similar, no parallels at all by the sounds of things. David, you watched all of that match, 6-2-6-4 to Madison Brengel. Well, actually, I, I got brought out to it for Five Live halfway through, or towards the end of the first set, and the first set was 6-2, and, uh, and then the second set was 6-4, but it felt like the second set was more one-sided in terms of, I mean, the errors that Kenin was hitting. I mean, I said on air, I said it's disgraceful, really, the way she's playing. It felt unprofessional. She hit 41 unforced errors in a 45-minute tennis match. And she, and, and Brengel is not a big hitter. You know, sometimes you see a Petra Kvitova smashing a ball at somebody and then they're, they, they're shanking it because it's come so fast at them. Well, Brengel doesn't do that. Brengel was nigh on feeding the ball to her with her serve. And Kenin was just putting it out of court. I mean, it was embarrassing watching what she was doing. And then, and the thing is, she'd hit an error, turn around, give me the ball, and she'd serve again. And it was just petulance is probably the best word I could use I just I don't know what was going on with Sophia Kennedy today I didn't go to her press comments I haven't heard all about what what she said but it was an absolutely awful performance from her and and 
I mean, we have seen a few of those. She lost love and love, didn't she, one time? I think yeah, Lazarenka. just before reaching a yeah French Open final. She does have this these sort of performance sometimes. So I don't really know how to explain them, but it was a horrible watch, and it felt frankly disrespectful to the crowd that were there to Goodness. watch. Goodness. Uh, just to to wrap things up from the women's side of things today, Svantec has also clicked into I've decided not to win ga- not to lose games gear. Six one six three over Zvonareva. Uh, Madison Keys is quietly happening, maybe. We'll wait a couple of rounds before we before we confirm or deny that rumour. Uh, Elise Mertens, two in love today over Lin Zhu. And, uh, well, as you said, uh, Caroline Pliskova, two and two over Donna Vekic. Oh, and Sloane Stevens backed up her first round win, seven, mm. five, six, three. And we over watched... Christiane. We watched a pretty entertaining match between mm. Alina Svitolina and Alison Van Oitbank, um, who's very... Dangerous on grass. She beat Carbinia Murutha, didn't she, at Wimbledon in the past. And it was a lovely contrast of styles. You know, Van Oitvank slicing and drop-shotting and being so aggressive and Svitolina kind of in her element, soaking that up and counter-punching. Um, just, just an extremely entertaining match with loads of great shot-making. It was just... Very enjoyable part of the day that one. Mm, that was a first rounder, wasn't it? Mm. Mm, yeah, there were yeah there were a lot of those being played today. Um, Cameron Norrie managed to win upon the resumption of his match against Luca Pui. Came through in four sets. Auger Aliassim was a winner in straight sets three three and three over Tiago Montero. Matteo Bertini uh, dropped the second set to Guido Pella, I was um, on that match. but came through in four. Yeah, I mean he's he. I always forget what a good grass court player Guido Pella is. Well, I totally had until I got to the court (laughs) and looked up some of the results and uh, and realised that Pella is the man who'd beaten Milos Raonic from two sets down and Marin Cilic from two sets down when both of them were really favoured to go deep at Wimbledon, particularly Cilic three years ago. He came in, he'd had... Wimbledon final, an Australian Open final. He'd just won Queens. He went two sets to love up. And I I thought he was going to go all the way to the final that year. And I watched him just get chipped away at by Pella that day. And Pella also beat Kevin Anderson. So it was really interesting, this, the way it was one set all, two games all in the third. And I thought Berrettini could be in trouble here. He could have, because he was hitting his big shots, and yet this guy was coping. Um, and then suddenly he got one break. Berrettini and he was off and he, he ramped up the power even more he won the fourth set with a bagel he definitely looks the business to me mm. yeah totally it's one of those which as you describe a set all two all a really precarious position given that he races to the finish it feels like a victory as you said against a danger man on grass which cements his status as a real contender in this tournament. I think if you exclude Novak Djokovic, <laughs> that's the problem. As much as anyone can but, be a contender, yeah. it's not Djokovic. But look, and Catherine, I thought you made a brilliant comparison earlier when you said Berrettini this year feels a bit like Milos Raonic in 2016. 
it's it's his time for a, for a run at Wimbledon. He's in a moment here where he's in the opposite half to Djokovic, so he doesn't have to worry about him until a potential final. And Federer's not at his best, and there's a lot of young players who are great players but don't have the grass court experience yet. And he does. He's he's won titles on it. There's there's some expectation on him and I think I think delivering on that will be difficult, but I, I do back him. He looks up for that. He does. Um, I, I I have been trying to work out probably for the best part of two years since I first really became aware of him playing. Why? I have not realised how hard he hits the serve, how tall he is, and how muscular he is. It's because of that back-to-front cap. That back-to-front baseball cap it, it's, makes him look 12. It's the tennis equivalent of, of Clark Kent's glasses, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, Fooling everyone. Brad Gilbert made Andy Roddick ditch the visor and wear a, a, a normal front cap and make himself look bigger and tougher than he really was. And I'm sorry, there is something to that. <laughs> and if Berrettini would just ditch that back-to-front cap, he'd be <laughs> even more menacing. Mm. It's not often you see two adult men wearing a back-to-front baseball cap, but that's what happened uh, <laughs> that's, in Pella Berrettini mm, today. That's odd because I think part of the reason for wearing it backwards is they think it makes them look more menacing. Mm, they're wrong. He just looks um, like a skateboarder. Francis Tiafo <laughs> uh, backed up his Sitsipas win by beating Pospisil today 6-4, 6-4, 6 Really impressive from Tiafo. And Dan Evans is into the third round. He beat Dusan Lajevic 3-3 and 4 to set up a meeting with Seb Sebi Sebastian Corder. Yeah, that's a, that's a really difficult match on paper to me that mm. um and and quite quite interesting because I, I covered the evans match and um against lavich and I, I was really curious to to understand why why he wasn't serving a volley or why he wasn't even going to the net that much in the first set and it was close this first set it was three all he ended up winning it six three with two breaks but it really wasn't like that this was close and it was almost fought out exclusively from the baseline and actually it was Lajevic who was doing more net approaching and I, and I, I asked him afterwards I said why why were you not going to the net more given that your coach seems to want you to you like going to the he just said I, I, I felt like I could beat him from the back and I feel like I'm better than him at the back and if I go to the net I'm giving him an out from a rally he has to get out of it he has to try and pass me if I'm at the back of the court, he has no way out. He's got to hit through me. And I found that very interesting. Mm. Uh, better than him from the back on a grass court, specifically. Yeah, because uh, yeah, mm. the intricacies of, the, of yeah. the court. I don't think he would be able to get away with that against Corder, who moves mm. so well and has such precision to his heavy yeah. ground strokes. Mm. He beat Lajevic on clay, though, didn't he? Yeah. Earlier yeah. this season yeah. as well. Lajevic was struggling that day. But, I mean, yeah. I don't want to do Dan down it was a good win but I thought Lauvich was actually playing better today wow okay really for, for everyone screaming at their devices in feverish demand uh, right now Dyla Dan will be back tomorrow yeah mm. he was a bit busy 
Like Um, playing in the second round of Wimbledon and doing all the press conferences. (laughs) He gets a day off now, at least. The order of play for tomorrow is in. Uh, Ash Barty opens up on centre against Anna Blinkova. Then it's Elena Vesnina uh, against Coco Goff. Then Roger Federer takes on Richard Gasquet. Court number one is Alex Boltz against Cam Norrie. Carlos Alcaraz up against Daniil Medvedev and Victoria Azarenka taking on Sorana Castella. Uh, court two, Sangren, Tennis Sangren against Alexander Zverev. Svitolina against Lynette Kerber against Sara Saribas Torbo and Orger Eliassim against Imma. I enjoyed the change in your voice there when you said Kerber. Hmm. As... As though we need to be watching out. Yes, eyes emoji on Kerber, I would say. (laughs) Uh, is on court three, that's where Bertini is. Again, a lot of players in action tomorrow that also played today. Kazakina Ostapenko, eyes emoji on that. And then Kyrgios Maga. Maga. I think it probably should be Maga. Maga, yeah. Maga is something else. (laughs) Um, the Kyrgios Maguire is last on court number three and I think that they think we'll move that to centre or one if those courts finish early what do you think? Yeah, they're very much having their high sense mm. arena but maybe I'm wrong because there are no night sessions at Wimbledon no, we've only had the three in a row <laughs> Uh, what do we got? We got Bublik Dimitrov on court number 12, Mukova Georgi on court 18, Emma Raducanu. I just wanted to mention her. She plays again tomorrow against Marketa Vondrosheva because she won today, Emma Raducanu, the young British player, 18 years old, yeah. I think she is. She was 4-1 down as well. Mm. Fought back and won that first set on the tie break and then won 6-love in the second. Yeah, she. I, I, I didn't see any of that much, but she's somebody whose name I've heard frequently for three years now. Yeah. I saw her at the US Open a couple of years ago playing in the juniors, and she's been singled out as the one. Um, so it's good to see her deliver on that and, and on her wildcard a little bit. be interesting to see her up against Vondrosheva tomorrow. The doubles kicks off tomorrow. No, uh, no Venus Kyrgios action yet, but... You won't you won't miss a point of it. We'll be doing <laughs> retrospective point by point analysis <laughs> of those matches as and when they happen. Uh that's it, I think, for your roundup of today. We're gonna finish our drinks and bask in the glow of what Andy Murray has given us tonight because it's been an absolute treat. Uh, not so much so on the predictions front. We won't dwell. We'll simply apologise to Rogue, Scalzel, Mousel and Zeus. Uh, Billie Jean. Thanks, Billie Jean King, greatly for her support, as we all do. Uh, we have Mocha, our lovely Chihuahua Rat Terrier Cross mascot, owned by Lovely Dawn. Uh, if you want to check out Mocha in all his... Wimbledon slash tennis podcast merch glory you can do so on our Instagram page there's also a quite delightful picture that I've just posted of David with Billie Jean which is worthy of a look I think this is what happens when you put me in charge of Instagram (laughs) genius move um Chris Albert Lee is our executive producer and we have shout outs Matt yes for Jonah backer 
Isn't that like a fable or something, Jonah and the Whale? No? I mean, it does ring Jonah got, some it sort got of eat, bell. Jonah got eaten by a whale or something. Anyway, we'll, we'll look it up. Oh, we will. <laughs> look into Straight it. Straight away. Uh, Chelsea Giller. Ooh, right, hello. Anybody ch- spot Chelsea here? No. No. Absolutely not. <laughs> but I like this Chelsea. She's great. <laughs> Thank you very much, Chelsea. And Matt Poulin. Well, we like Matt's. Yeah. Any Matt's fine by us. Yes. Thank you very much, Matt, for especially, your support. Especially you, because you're supporting us. So thanks, Matt. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting us, if you did. <laughs> Do subscribe to the newsletter if you haven't. Yes, you got a a sneaky taster of Matt's stat today, but for future Matt's stats, which won't all be dog-related, because I don't always get my way, uh, then you'll need to subscribe to the newsletter, so do do that. um, And we'll speak to you tomorrow. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com.